so Callan, hello. Hello. Welcome. How are you? All good, all good. Pleased to be here. Good, good to hear. Pleasure is all mine. Um, so Callum, I'm, I feel particularly lucky to be speaking to you at this time of year because obviously I can imagine things are uh, hotting up and getting particularly busy for you right now on the run up to Christmas. But for those of you who don't know, so Callum, you're the uh, the head of data products for M&S Food. And um, I've got to admit, I'm a big M&S fan, as I'm sure a lot of people are, particularly the food actually, as I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those businesses that to me... I think a lot of people do have an affinity with and uh you know it's uh, really a british institution i suppose it's been a constant in a lot of people's lives so really interested to understand a little bit more today about how you guys are structuring things from a data perspective um and uh, yeah pick, pick your brains on that so thanks again for for being here with us today but before we go into your role at mns maybe let's take a little trip back and um yeah, just take a whistle-stop tour of your, your career and your background as a, um, a technologist and essentially how you've arrived in, in data leadership, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started off doing engineering, civil engineering uh, at university. And one of the benefits of, of the course, I think, was that I didn't do just engineering. So it wasn't just beams and, and bridges. There was there was more to it than, than that. So I did quite a lot of modelling, um, Mathematical modelling, I should say. Um, and uh, <laughs> well, it could have been the other uh, one. Yeah, no, 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 I, yeah. I could, I could stick, give you that. Stick to my uh, stick to my work <laughs> um, And uh, yeah, economics, uh, a lot of stuff on project management as as well. And and I found that really interesting, just in in terms of opening up the the, the career routes I could I could go down. And then I stumbled across the civil service graduate scheme, the FAST stream, and, and they've got an an, uh, an analyst um, uh, stream in in that. So so. Um, got on to to that and and actually started off at the food standards agency was my my first rotation doing a lot of predictive modeling on foodborne disease outbreaks um, probably the, the the two highlights of, of that were uh, looking at whether you can use tweets about norovirus symptoms so diarrhea and vomiting um, <laughs> delightful delightful that was tweets. An interesting uh, yeah, data yeah, set to, to work exactly with. <laughs> um, to predict whether there are outbreaks going on in an area and you can um, and, and so that was that was that was probably my first exposure to data science, and that was like 2014, 2015, when it was really in its its infancy. Yeah. And then doing another one where we we looked at is there a relationship between the ratings that you'd get on on certain uh, websites online for restaurants and their food hygiene rating, the, the zero to five. Yeah. Um, uh, things there, and and that, those were those were really novel approaches. Um, and I, I think really exposed me to what different data sets and and what quite um, new mathematical techniques in terms of being applied could could do mm. so uh yeah spent spent a year there and, and that was great and then um had a bit of a diversion for six months being a, a private secretary so it's, it's basically like a junior chief of staff role yeah um so yeah think kind of thick of it and and, and yes minister <laughs> uh depending yeah generation um but you got yeah. some stories from that six uh, months yeah and, and it was it was it was really really interesting and and i think the the thing there that i took most from it was exposure to senior leaders uh, yeah so you can't, i guess you can't get much more senior than the ministers and, and big organizations so that was Absolutely. that was great um in in terms of doing that and I, I learned a lot from that and then moved to the department for education uh, and set up a data science team uh, there focusing on on teacher labor markets then 2018 moved to to mns to set up the the data science team in the food side of the the, the business and that was from from scratch so just me to to start with and wow. then fast forward to 
today, um, I wear, wear two hats uh, at MS. The first is, is, a, is a data hat, so look after data quality, uh, reporting, data science. And then the other hat is a supply chain um, hat where I look after the uh, supply chain products that do our optimization and supply chain right, management yeah. as, as well. And I, I think that's, that's really interesting for me because it means I'm not just working on the, 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 the data bits. I've got a, a route into those applications on the front line yeah, um, yeah, as, yeah. as well. And I think it's a real novel setup, actually, for, yeah. uh, for a business on, on that. Um, and a real vote of confidence from M&S in, in seeing the value of data not just as, as a research institute, but really driving on the front line and, and changing how we, we do things um, mm. uh, there. So, yeah, kind of a, a very a winding journey. Yeah. But I think a kind of an, an interesting balance. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, thank you for that. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that role, let's, let's talk a little bit about your role at M&S. And it, that feels like it would be really interesting, really varied and kind of multifaceted role, but also quite nice because just seeing it from an end-to-end perspective. And, you know, very often I speak to... Um, data professionals have an element of frustration of their of their role they never kind of really see what they're working on how it makes it into the real world you know into production or, or the impact on the end user so um yeah that sounds fascinating that you sort of overarching both of those areas so uh, let's talk a little bit about that then um so talk us through the, the structure um yeah how do you you started this this uh, function from scratch mns food how do you go about structuring a data science team uh, you know department uh, for success, so I'll I'll broaden it out and and look at a data team or the the, the data team I've, I've got o- overall because what we've what we've tried to do through growing the team and then and then other teams from from parts of the business joining under the the, the wider umbrella is is put together this analytical pipeline as as we we call it. Um, we're not totally there, um, but we're on a, a really good uh, journey. And and I think the pipeline breaks down to to four or five. Um, uh, buckets. The first is data quality. Make sure that if, if you've got a problem, someone comes to you, you've got your your, your data in a good uh, good state. Yeah. Then data engineering, um, making sure it's available to the the people that are going to build the thing that that you're going to use to to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then it moves into either building a report or a tool or a data science product to support decision making um, there. And then crucially at the end, you've got your your change element. So measuring impact supporting the business or the operation in measuring how well something is embedded as as well so not just does it have a a financial or or a social value does it actually get used and is it is it sustainable yeah and we've got we've got teams that that play across um all of um uh all of those nice i'd say the data science team breaks down into two functions one function that we call commercial analysis and that's around Trial measurement is a big, big part of it, and supporting the the business in, in lifting the lid uh, there. So a lot of lot of A/B testing and, and working with finance colleagues to to measure uh, value. Yeah. But they also do a lot of um, uh, kind of research into hypotheses, hypothesis testing, uh, exploratory analysis to help answer uh, business questions. That then feeds into the the second part of the team that we call technology and modeling. That is about taking some of the exploratory analysis or small models scaling those to make sure that they work over our entire data sets or working with uh, other technology colleagues to to make sure that those run day in, day out to support decision making uh, there. So even within data science, we've got a real flow of of how we move a product. uh, And is this your structure? Did you come up with this sort of 
structure yourself? Yeah, and it's it's mm. it's it's evolved to meet business needs. Um, mm. And and one of the things that we we tried to tried to do is to develop all three, four of those those teams on their own, but then also try and work um, uh, across the uh, uh, yeah across the board on on big collaborative um, uh, projects. And and the the data engineering capability is is in a, a central technology team that we work really okay. closely with um, as, as well. But yeah. one of the, the I'd say the, the driving beliefs behind it has been that we want people to really be specialists in, in, their, uh, in, in their field. Um, yeah. And so you need a, a base level of, of kind of technical competency and understanding across all of the, the bits that, that go on. But we want people that are those real kind of eight, nines out of ten in, in terms of a, a specific area because we found there's a lot of complex problems in retail. And so we really want to be, be getting people that really know their stuff in, in one bit and then can mm. hand off to other um, uh, other specialists in, in those other um, other areas. Um, and it's, it's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite organic and we've definitely learned and iterated as, as, as we've gone. But um, yeah, it's, it's quite a, I hope, quite an exciting structure to, to work in. Yeah, it sounds it, absolutely. And what I liked, you know, from you talking right at the beginning there and setting out the stall of, you know, for, for like quite a holistic approach to, you know, you are looking at the data quality, you're focusing on data engineering before you even think about the, you know, the data science side of it. And, and I've seen a lot of companies get that really wrong. You know, they kind of say, well, hang on a minute, there's this cool, sexy thing over here called machine learning. We need to be doing a load of that and go and hire a whole data science team and actually start building models over something that the data's, data's just not there. You know, it's not in the right state. And, uh, you know, I can imagine for a company like MS, that's absolutely key. You know, you've got that sort of foundation to work with. Um, but also really interesting that you, you talk about then sort of niching down into a particular area. So do you structure it? So, for instance, you've got a data scientist. Would you focus them, like, say, on a particular uh, business problem that sort of aligns with their interests or more with their skill sets? Or how do you sort of pick the, the areas that people sort of niche down into to become those those experts? So we, we we break it down both by business area and by uh, by specialism as, as well. So our reporting team, for example, we've actually got three uh, three squads that, that face off to, to different areas: a, a supply chain squad, a commercial squad, and then uh, a squad that, that faces off to our product development um, and, and product technology uh, okay. team as, as as well. Um, and then uh, the, the same in our, our data science area, we've we've got uh, lots of data scientists on on supply chain. That's a big focus area. But we also um, face off to our uh, merchandising and space and display teams as, as well and then that's the kind of that's the business vertical uh, split but then we also split yeah by by specialism as, as well so okay. even within the, the the commercial analysis team for example we've got people that do more of the exploratory analysis hypothesis testing and then we've got other people that focus more on the the trial design and uh, trial measurement and the skill sets are the same we still need people that, that can write good Python, write good mm. SQL, um, and have a good knowledge of, of statistics. But where they're working in and, and those some of those more niche skills, we we then we then get people to, to specialise. Sure, sure, interesting. So it sounds like, I mean, it feels like you've got a really in-depth understanding of each one of those roles from a, a data science perspective. And, and obviously coming into the world, one of the things I love about data science is that people do enter into the world from all kinds of, you know, obviously very bright, gifted people that are very, um, you know, mathematical and numerate. And like I say, you in civil engineering, but obviously doing a lot of maths and statistics around that. So where did you sort of learn the world of of data science as it exists today? And, and uh, you know, how do you sort of keep on the forefront of, of that? So 
I have to credit the the, the civil service for um, uh, being really on the the, the front foot with um, learning and development in in this uh, space. So, okay. um, the civil service has two main analytical pathways. One is is the statistics profession, and and one is is the operational research profession. They're both basically just data science in, right. in different ways. Or data science is basically just yeah, a blend of, of, of those two, exactly. Um, and they put together a, um, a development program called the Data Science Accelerator in, in 2013. And you work on a, a project for uh, three months with a, uh, a data scientist as a, as a mentor and really take some of the, uh, I guess, academic skills that, that people have, have got or, or, or some of those fundamental um, uh, skill sets in, in their background and then apply them to data science ways of, of working. So okay. understanding product, understanding working with other technologists uh, as, as well. And so the huge amount of learning on the job, but I think a great way to, um, uh, yeah, a great way to, to, to learn uh, there. Yeah. And, and yeah, as it, as it said on the tin, was quite an accelerator for um, uh, for me uh, there to the point where I think when I finished I, I just went back and asked my manager if I could change my job title from operational researcher to uh, to data scientist uh, oh, right, okay. overnight uh, getting on the hype on, uh, on that um, <laughs> get that on your business card exactly um, and, and I, I think that that was that was really useful and, and there's been loads of stuff since then as, as well just those little um, uh, little accelerators that, that I've, I've tried to do from a, a more formal learning point of view and, and then just, just on the job um, stuff I mean even, even now I try I set myself a goal that once a month I'm going to do an analysis project uh, okay, just to keep my uh, skills up, just to just Pet to make projects or through no, through, through, through work. work. Uh, yeah, okay. Sometimes stuff outside, but yeah. but through through work as um, nice. as, as well. And it's uh, I mean just good fun as as much as anything. I mean I'm definitely an analyst at, at heart, but also I think there is a there's a serious uh, side to, to that. And I, I, I learned that from a, a director in the civil service who I was, I was having a chat to um, uh, one one day, and and I asked him if he still he I think he just got promoted and I said oh, are you still still planning to to code and he looked at me like I've just been really offensive <laughs> to him yeah. which is, it, it, yeah it's good mm. so it's, it's something I do I do try and keep um mm. uh, there and, and that's that's always a really good good development piece it's a fine line isn't it as, as being a leader to, to you know how much do you stay hands-on and and on the forefront of, of the technology because I guess you need to uh, earn that credibility speaking to your team especially if they're obviously very innately technical themselves but but also, like you say, not being too bogged down in the weeds, keeping one eye on the strategic piece and making sure you're kind of developing the, the wider skills of being a leader at scale. Yeah, it must be really difficult to do. But uh, but I, I have recognised this as a, a trait that I think runs throughout some of the, the, the better people I've worked with throughout my career. Uh, they, they, they just still find it fun. They have a passion for it. So, you know, they might actually just turn on the laptop at the weekend and, you know, bash out a couple of hours of, you know, code and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I get it. I guess it's different in every use case. But uh, no, interesting, very interesting. And the uh, going back to the the um, role at MS and talking about how you've got these sort of different areas of the of the different structures within the team, and then you talked about the part at the end, which is about adoption. And I think that's a really important part as a as a data leader because you know success of a data science initiative can't sort of happen within a, a vacuum. It's obviously about um, buy-in and adoption from end users and uh, stakeholders and, and that kind of thing. And, and one of the traits I see as a, as a very uh, you know, good data leader are people that are able to sort of take people on that journey, you know, win hearts and minds and, and really, I guess, communicate the, the value, you know, to stakeholders. So how do you go about the, the process of engaging um, stakeholders to achieve kind of optimum buy-in for, for your initiatives? It, it's not always something that, that I 
have found easy and, and, and I think and I hope probably most uh, m- most data professionals could could relate to it because a lot of a lot of what gets you into this as a profession is doing the analysis that's the that's the, the interesting bit but you have to remember at the end of the day unless you're yeah working in a university you're often working on something to have an impact in in your your organization and so really being business led as, as to what the problem um uh, is 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 the way that that I try and do things okay. um uh, now we have a um program or a training course that, that we run at MS called called telling a data story and and one of the um, one of the slides that that i have um, in there that it just says when you're presenting results back it's not a gcse science paper no one cares about your methodology they trust you you're being paid to have a level of competence yeah. in in there to be picking the right thing mm. and you might want to present some some caveats and i think it's the same with solving a problem as well someone is coming to you with a problem the way that you get that engagement is by understanding that that problem at, yeah. a, at a human level, empathising with them, yeah. and then you can take it away and, and work out mm. the best way to to, to solve it. And, mm. and often it does take a bit of effort to really dig into what they're actually um, actually after. So, uh, yeah. kind of a, a random example from M and S, we might have someone from our trade planning team, events planning, come to us and say. I want to know the forecast for sales in St. David's Day in Welsh stores or, or something like, like that. And you might think straight from the off, great, cool, big, sexy data science, machine learning, forecasting tool. But actually, there might be some other ways to, to solve the problem there. Do they even, it sounds ridiculous, but do we even have a list of all the historical dates for St. David's Day? Do we know which stores are in Wales? Do we know which stores mm. are on the border? Because there might be a, a kind of a, a bleed of customers from, from Wales into England on, on St. David's Day. So that's the first bit. Do we have good reporting that we can give to them to allow them to go and dig into it? Do we do some commercial analysis to, to say, these are the products you want to be looking at? Don't worry about these. And there's all of those. And then only then we might get to a data science model. But on, mm. kind of, on paper, what someone's come and asked you for isn't necessarily what what they want, so that's what that's what we try and try and do, and um, mm. take it away, work out the different ways we could help solve the problem, and then come back. And that's how I think you get that business engagement. Because if you're yeah. ramming maths down someone's throat, it's mm. it's a surefire way to kind of turn them off, um, particularly at the start. Especially non-technical stakeholders, I guess, isn't it? You've got to kind of meet them where they're at, and um, you know they. And I, I totally agree with you. I think the the trait of, of not only good data science leaders, but good data scientists in general is how well they can do that communication piece and not get, because, you know, obviously if you're a super analytical, mathematical person, very often it's, it's easy to delve down into, oh, well, you solved that problem, I didn't, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. And it's about actually really getting people to um, understand what you're going to do. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's also, I guess, transcends data it's a it's a it's a basic people thing isn't it find out what they want and help them get it you know and that's um that that's a, a big part of any any business um but uh no very interesting um and do you do you go about using any i know you've mentioned there that you know people don't necessarily need to know about your methodologies but do you use any kind of specific uh methodologies or approaches when you go about executing a data science project one thing i'd, I'd say that's, that's that's dawned on me quite quite recently is that there's there's a big focus on machine learning 
what it can do to, to predict, to classify, increasingly with Gen AI, Gen AI to, to generate. But there's this whole other discipline of optimization. Find me the best thing within a, a scope, within a load of, of constraints. Yep. And from a mathsy point of view, optimization is, is the core from a uh, machine learning um, point, point of view. But that's the real innards of, of the maths. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about optimization from a business point of view. So go and find me the best schedule in my workforce. Go and find me the best inventory to hold, to balance availability to customers, but not having too much food waste. Go and find me the most optimum route for my trucks. And there's so many optimization problems to, to go after. There are so many machine learning problems, but I think um, probably in the in some of the rush to go after machine learning, we've forgotten about this this optimization yeah, world. Point, that, yeah. that, uh, that's kind of core operational mm. research, and it is a bit mm. less sexy. But I I think from a business point of view, a lot of the problems that business leaders come to ask of data scientists, they're actually optimization yeah. problems as yeah. opposed to some of the the, the machine learning um, yeah, totally uh, ones. And, and there's part of kind of badging it, and it, it doesn't really matter mm. with that, but it's, uh, yeah, we are finding increasingly we're getting these optimization questions as opposed mm. to some of the, the machine learning questions. And it's probably quite a good path in for people as, as well, answer mm. some of those and say, look, we, we could use a different technique or do something a bit different to do something that you hadn't necessarily thought of um, yes. as, uh, as, as well. But yeah, I think there is a bit of a, a kind of, a forgotten twin in, uh, in in this world that, that can drive a lot of business value as well. Yeah, yeah, I very much agree. It's going back to the point you were talking about about understanding the business need and, and solving the business problem, isn't it? Rather than, you know, obviously a lot of uh, data professionals, in my opinion, love working with the latest, shiniest thing. And if there's a, a sniff for a data scientist to get involved with a machine learning project, they're like, yeah, cool, let's do it. And actually, is it, are you using a, a hammer to swat a fly, you know, yeah. do you, is it really the best uh, best tool for the job? So no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you mentioned it there, but I guess it's something, it wouldn't be a podcast about data at the moment if we didn't talk about the rise of Gen AI and uh, the use of, uh, you know, commercial use of LLMs and, and that kind of thing. So in, in the world of data science and machine learning now, um, obviously it's evolving unbelievably quickly. It's a very exciting um, space in the market. Um, but what applications of data science and machine learning are you most excited about, um, I guess, in the context of uh, an M&S and, and the world of retail? I think the, the place where I see data science helping retail the, the most and, and probably wider than just retail, any, any company that operates in a, in a real like physical value chain um, uh, space is simulation. I think Gen AI, Gen AI, there is undoubtedly some 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 cool um, cool stuff, and we could probably have a, an entire podcast on musings on on that. But uh, the next one, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll uh, yeah, we'll kind of we'll, we'll focus on the simulation bit because most of the questions I see people coming along with, as well as those optimization ones, are what if questions. What if I what if I did this? What if I put these products in this this shop? What would my margin uh, be, or what would my sales mix be, or or some, something like that? And people want that that confidence. You you kind of you want to test the ice before you step on it, sort of mm. sort of thing. And um, that's what I think simulation can can help with. It's very tangible um, yeah. as well. Business leaders, anyone in operations gets gets that in terms of seeing different different scenarios. And I, I see the questions coming. So I think if if the demand's coming, the supply has to come um, as, as as well at, mm. at, at some point. And so that I. I think is the area that's going to be a, a big 
a big game changer um, yeah. because it, it's, it's going to allow us to make more confident um, uh, decisions. I think the growth of, of A-B testing, and you can particularly see it on online and on, on websites, is, is really helping us make more informed decisions. But I think there's a, probably a stage before that's, that's going um, that, that, to grow over over the next um, uh, next few years. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not probably at the moment the, the kind of the, the sexiest part of it, although you hear digital twins being being mentioned, which is, is basically it's simulation uh, with with a kind of a brand name on, on top. And, and that's, yeah. that's good. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I, I think there's going to be a big uh, uh, yeah big push over the uh, over the next few years, as well as some of the, the, the ones that are, let's say, got a bigger media presence at, yeah. the, uh, at the moment. Fair enough. And do you see many parallels um, with that approach to to other industries and sort of crossovers with other other areas of uh, retail? Hundred percent, and, and more more widely than than just retail as as well. One of the things that I was really surprised about when I moved from the Department for Education to to M and S, although in, in hindsight it, it completely makes sense, is some of the mathematical techniques that we used to solve teacher supply or teacher demand problems are exactly the same as the ones you'd use to solve food supply or food demand mm, problems. Bet, yeah. I've got I've got demand in a certain area or a certain school for for, for teachers. What's the best way to supply that? It's the, yeah. it's the same with food mm. as, as well. So I think anything where there is this this kind of value chain, supply chain mm. um, uh, parallel, there's there's some huge transferable applications. Yeah. And, and I, I think retail is a... a good place to be the the genesis of a lot of those because it's so complex yeah, uh, and, and it probably has been a bit um uh neglected versus other industries in, in terms of the the um academic interest um mm. which is a shame because i think the problems are um uh, yeah fascinating it's it's i really really enjoy them just yeah. from a, a problem solving i can imagine so many moving parts i guess aren't there that you know it must be um yeah very rewarding to to come up with the whole solution once it's sort of out there and working um, yeah 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 totally and, and and i think that that complexity uh is, is often what what attracts uh, attracts people i'm not saying every other industry is really easy to solve but no, there, but there is the yeah there these 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 challenges and, and certainly with um uh, with, with some of the problems that 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 uh, food retailers have it's this balance of availability and, and waste that mm. you don't you don't get if you are a, a DIY retailer or, or something like that and yeah, that, that makes true. the problem yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, more more challenging yeah. as, uh, as as well and definitely yeah, an area that we're kind of paying big attention um, uh, to not least from a kind of a, an MS plan A point of view it's a really important area to to, to focus on and so data science can can support that yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if MS were at the uh, the pinnacle of the interesting challenges in uh, in retail. I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, no, but you're, you're dead right. I mean, the conversations I have with with candidates very often in the data science field, and again, it's one of the reasons I love data science is that people, you know, you ask about what industry and sectors are you drawn to, and like a lot of the time, it's actually the sector itself is relatively academic. It's the the nature of the problems they're going to be solving, and you know, is it going to be something that's really intellectually challenging? Um, so yeah, I take your point on board. I think it's a really uh, I, I can understand how that would be, especially like say with perishable goods and and you know that's something that would be incredibly um, rewarding as, a, as an industry to work in. So um, okay, fantastic. And, and maybe to sort of take a, a step outside of of um, retail in particular, and sort of just to, let's talk a little bit about the AI landscape now and just how things are evolving, uh, like we've spoken about with with LLMs, Gen, Gen AI, and that kind of thing. But 
Um, what are you most excited about as a, as a data leader, I guess, in the world of, of AI today? Uh, you know, are there any trends coming along, um, you know, outside of the, the pure retail space that you are just finding very exciting? I think the thing that is exciting me the most isn't one particular trend. It's just the spotlight that is is moving on to, to, yeah. to data science and, and AI. And we, as data professionals, owe Gen AI a lot uh, on, on, on that. Now, I, I think there's, there's a huge amount of value that it's going to drive, and it's going to be a real game changer. But just getting people thinking about how data science can help solve real-world problems in, in general. Gen AI is the, the tip of the iceberg, and, mm. and, and I think um, we're, we're probably at Gartner Hype Cycle at that peak before the fall. I mean, look at some of the open AI soap opera that's going on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. that's, that, I don't know if that's it's a great the, way of describing it. It really is a soap opera. Yeah, day to day, it's, yeah. uh, it's great seeing the headlines that, that pop up there. But yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just the wider attention is, is really, really good. And, and if, if, if one of the byproducts of, of all of this is that people are looking at what data science can, can do in general, asking more questions, mm. uh, asking for more products in, in this space, then I, I think that's a, it's a real benefit for, for everyone working um, in, in this space. And not just data scientists. There's, as we were talking about, there's that pipeline before that has to come, come with it. Yeah. And, and if, I, if I look at the, the, the team, um, I've got the minority of people are, have a badge of a data scientist. There's mm. all these other roles that are equally, if not more important, given that, that pipeline of, of, of work yeah. um, to get to that stage. So I think it's every, everyone benefits from the, the, the focus um, yeah. now because I, I think as much as Gen AI might be a bit overhyped at the moment and there might be a bit of a, a balance to, to get to, I think data science probably went through that maybe a few years ago or some of the yeah. more traditional things and it, it's probably on its way up to that that kind of that that plateau yes um, yeah. uh, now where people are really thinking how can this be embedded so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited I'd, I'd say for just the uh, yeah the, the the prospects of data science being embedded in organizations over the the next few years yeah it's a really interesting way of looking at it actually and i, I would agree i think it's the first time that a, a piece of tech or in a long time anyway has become globally it's received global recognition hasn't it you know you, you ask my my mum you know, what's chat gpt she'd probably know what it is and have an answer for it and probably even used it you know um and i think it is great because it has and, and certainly in my sort of 15 years of, of doing recruitment i've seen a big trend now um of people moving into the field of data science data engineering at graduate level uh, it's becoming on people's radars a lot earlier as a, a viable really exciting you know um, lucrative career and uh, yeah i think that's fantastic and one of the other trends i'm seeing and again i'm not necessarily putting this down to purely gen ai but i think it's a really uh, encouraging trend as a dad of two daughters myself it's something i'm really passionate about but you know kind of the, the female representation in stem and one of the things we're seeing at grad level now is 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 unbelievably positive kind of balanced numbers between male female um you know gender balance going into um uh, data science degrees and i think that's only going to uh, breed really good things for the for the industry moving forward so yeah it feels like something that's uh, a lot of people are really um, you know investigating and starting to explore further and i think that's only going to further accelerate hopefully a lot of the exciting stuff we're seeing at the moment yeah i i, I totally uh, agree there and, and it is a or has been and, and still is a, a male dominated industry so anything we can do to improve diversity um uh, yeah across the board i think is is absolutely fantastic i think some of the some of the best opportunities are, are actually in, in some of those those other um 
other data roles in that a lot of them are are vocational um, uh, roles. And we we have, I, I think, a really good pipeline of, of people that have, have worked in our, our stores, have a really good understanding of how the um, how the operation um, works, and then have developed a really good aptitude as as well for coding because it's it's it's, 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 it's a vocation just as as I don't know plumbing or or mm. yeah being an electrician mm. um, uh, is and and so there's yeah I think some really good opportunities um, uh, there as as well for 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 great um, pipelines and, and career opportunities that mm. that I mean I I wouldn't have spoken to a careers coach and said I want to become a BI developer or a data quality analyst yeah. or some, something like that, and and yeah, yeah. The, the the skills you you need are really practical and, and hands on. So that's yeah. that's something I'm I'm really excited about more more widely from a, a career point of view, and I think it just opens up so many interesting opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. That's a nice segue into I suppose talking a little bit about how you've how you have scaled that function and scaled that team. So like I say, starting literally from scratch. When you um, go about hiring for data scientists you know what what do you feel are the most important traits and do you look for specific qualities you know how do you assess hiring a quality data scientist technical competency obviously is a is a is a massive um, part of it particularly with the, the specialisms that we have within the the team yeah potential as as well in in, in some of those um, those areas to, to make sure that we've got that good pipeline um, going going through and, and we, we've tried to we've tried to nurture that with with having a, a progression framework that we we have where people can progress up a managerial route but they can also progress up a, a technical route oh, that's um, good. As, yeah. uh, as well to to encourage that that deep specialism in mm. in areas but as a, I guess a theme running through a lot of, of this we really want people that are interested in the operation and the impact of solving those those problems because yeah if we're if we're going to have data scientists or, or any uh, data professional more on the front line they need to be uh, need to have that appreciation for how things are, are going to be used and, and be working with people really really closely that are, that are using um, yeah. their, their their products yeah I think one of the the, the best things that we have a MS for that is that every member of staff in the, the support center is expected to do seven days working in stores over the oh, year right, cool. which is which is great um and i think it every really, year yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Uh, and and i think it gives you a really good exposure to, to how things you're working on are being applied yeah. and, and being used and, and every time people come back there's one little nugget that they take yeah um, um, yeah um, yeah, so that I think is 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 quite a tangible thing, but mm. but something that that we, we we do push for because I think it does mm. make a, a difference. And, and I think in in the future, I've got this theory that the chief data officer role won't exist in five ten years. I think it's a, it's a kind of a temporary role as businesses get up there. I think there'll just be an expectation that COOs are good at data or mm. which, whichever role, and, and it becomes it becomes blended. And I think that's probably going to be the same at a lot of a lot of levels. Yeah. Uh, in 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 businesses uh, mm. where there is just this this expectation that you have that understanding, so starting to to to, to blend things and, and make sure we've got that closer collaboration from the off is I think is is, is absolutely vital to really mm. getting this sort of stuff, um, be it data science, data quality reporting, embedded in in the business. Yeah, that's really interesting theory. Actually, I've not heard that before, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, obviously, there's not not really any industry you can think of now where data in some way, shape, and form isn't important you know vital shaping the further strategy moving forward and i think there will be that expectation that you know even at board level senior people have a an understanding and a, and a respect for data because i think that's one of the, again one of the things i see quite often frustrations with 
senior leaders that have you know, moved maybe into a um, head of data science role or, or a, you know data leader position in the business where they interview I told one thing about oh yeah we're really on board with uh, you know we're wanting to get a data science function up and off the ground and you know promised a lot of stuff but then actually when they land on site you know the, the actual commitment isn't there from the business or that maybe it's an awareness or you know understanding of what they actually need to do but you know very often sort of feel like they're, they're tasked to do the job with one hand tied behind the back because they're just not getting the investment or the you know commitment from the business so i think that sort of appreciation of data at board level down um yeah i, I agree i think it's going to be a, a very important trend for businesses that succeed i mean look at the, the likes of amazon you know and obviously a, a data business at the end of the day aren't they so uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, fantastic. Well, I have really, really enjoyed the chat today. Thank you very much for coming in, Callum. And um, I suppose I'd like to end um, every podcast by asking the same question, um, which is if I could put you on the spot to ask, what is your one uh, favourite piece of advice that you've uh, ever received throughout your career? It could be in a career context or it could be a personal context, but is there a, a favourite piece of advice that you'd like to pass on to your, uh, your fellow humankind? So I had a... Uh, a mentor when I was in the uh, civil service and he was was brilliant just in, in terms of helping me think where I was at in my career and what I what I needed to do and I'd, I went on one mentoring session with him I think it was about a year in and I was probably being a bit of a, a graduate upstart saying oh yeah there's this promotion <laughs> I could go for or this promotion I, I could do and he said to me Callum you need to do your time in a technical role and you need to do it to be able to call bullshit and then he was pretty pompous and said, sometimes I actually say that. <laughs> but I, it's so true because I, I think, and that's that's that combined with the, the director saying that he still coded is, is one of the reasons why I still try and keep my, um, yeah, my, my coding skills up. Mm. And and the way I take it is not in a kind of a, in a critical way. No, but you, but need to, you need to yeah. back to the, what you were saying from a, a board appreciation point of view it's a massive area you need to have that understanding um, of it and crucially have the understanding about the implications of technical stuff and being yeah. that translator um, yeah. uh, between it and I think it's it's not to say that that every uh, aspiring manager in a data profession should stick out another year and just learn more technical stuff you go when you're ready but I think just investing that time constantly yeah. in doing that um uh, having that that technical appreciation yeah. is is absolutely um, absolutely vital. So yeah, I'd, I'd I'd never ever wanted to come across that people are being like held back or something, but just mm. not forgetting that that really valuable time that you have at the start of your career to understand the the, the, the technical side of things because yeah. as your role changes, the, the priorities change, the amount of people stuff you do when you're a manager takes yes. over some of that technical yeah. stuff. So really protecting and investing yeah. um, there is, yeah, is, is vital. And it's it's something that uh, there's not too many quotes from people that have stuck with me, but, but that one, um, <laughs> yeah, probably because of the slightly fruity language. I guess. Uh, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, um, you're going back to the, the point of you know keeping your hand in as well especially in a field like data which is evolving so exponentially and quickly um you know it, it sort of really helps keep you on that even keel doesn't it even if you're not sort of coding all day every day like say so you can you've got enough foundational knowledge from your time spent to do that to build on that and sort of understand if uh, you're going down the right path or not so yeah i think that's a fantastic bit of advice well on that bombshell love to um thank you again for coming in and uh, really really appreciate your time especially to say on the, the run-up to christmas and uh yeah 
fantastic to speak with you and uh, look forward to doing it again very soon, hopefully. Great. Thanks for having me.